Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my Think on Your Feet episodes. If you're new to Think on Your Feet, I play the game. I talk you through it, I try and describe what I'm doing, where I am, I tell you what's in my hand, and you hear me pull tokens, and we play. And normally, I do pretty badly, (laughs) and we we go from there, so you get to listen to me... uh, delve into the depths of despair as I do that. But we're starting a new campaign, which is really exciting. And thank you so much to patrons who gave suggestions and voted and thumbs up for various different things. We've settled on Diana Stanley, the redeemed cultist. I'm not going to go through my deck now. I always put the lists in the description so you can see what I'm doing. So if you want to go and have a look, do. I think I'll talk about it as I play. Big shout out to Sean of the Mythos Busters, because I was talking to him about, I know he's a huge Diana Stanley fan, so I I reached out to him for advice on this deck, and I've really enjoyed tinkering it, putting my own slant on it, and we'll see how it works. And we're playing Return to the Dunwich Legacy, so just before I get going, one other thing. One option for playing this is that we do randomizing the Return to sets and the original sets but I've decided I'm just going to put in the return two sets. It loses a bit of the kind of fun of the randomization, but I think I'd just like to show off what the return two is doing and how those sets change up the original scenarios. And I actually think they make it really good. I really like kind of the richness of the theme once you really commit to the return two sets. So yeah, so that's what we're doing. And I mean, this is great as well, because this is nearly a return to my roots of playing Seth through Dunwich. I thought we'd start this time with House Always Wins, see if we can get uh, Francis Morgan on side. We might like the combat boost, and we'll do things a little bit differently in that regard. I didn't really fancy my chances of rescuing Peter Clover as Diana, so I figured I'd just do something different instead, have a bit more time to go gambling. Okay, let's settle in. Agenda 1A, The Clover Club. You have entered the Clover Club casino in search of Dr. Morgan. The club is bustling at this late hour, filled with patrons looking to relax and drink, or make it big. You don't appear to be in much danger. For Doom, each criminal enemy gains aloof, and there's a forced effect if an investigator deals damage to a criminal enemy, immediately advance. Don't start a fight with criminals. Act 1A, Beginner's Luck. You need to find Dr. Morgan. The club is packed. Perhaps somebody knows where he is. There's a reaction. When you reveal a chaos token, you may treat that token as if it were any other token in the chaos bag. If you do, remember that you have cheated. Group limit once per round. And there's an objective. When the investigators have collected the requisite number of clues, which is four, they must immediately spend them and advance. I begin the game in La Bella Luna. La Bella Luna was a multi-purpose establishment. It's two shroud and a clue. And it has a resign action here. This was a bust. The music is cliche, and they only serve spaghetti. As far as covers for underground speakeasies go, it's not particularly creative. Also in play is the Clover Club Lounge, where the Clover Club pit boss is hanging out, a 3-4-3 hunter enemy who hits for two damage. There's also the card room and the bar. And my opening hand. Deny existence. The 45 automatic. Steadfast. Steadfast and Premonition. I also start with Dark Insight in play. That reads Diana Stanley deck only. 
Fast, play when an investigator at your location draws an encounter card or a weakness. Cancel all of that card's effects and shuffle it back into its deck. Do not draw a new card to replace it. So that's a cancel straight away. Hmm. This hand is is sort of all right. I'm not sure about double steadfast, obviously. Deny existence is a good all-round cancel. Automatic is great if we're going to get mobbed. Double steadfast, I think I can chuck both of those away. And premonition, it would be good if we're doing a gamble. I'm tempted to fish for either Elisa Graham, my ally, or some economy. I've got no economy in this hand. So I think I'll set the premonition aside as well. The question is whether I do the deny existence. Obviously, I don't want to be taking hits from criminal enemies because that means something's probably gone pretty wrong. Yeah, I'm going to set it aside as well. It's a great card, but if we can see more assets, more setup, more economy. So we're mulliganing four. I draw a ward of protection, okay? A dodge another automatic, and a perception. Bingo. Okay, a little bit of metagaming. If we get this clue at La Bella Luna, the one at the stage, because we're playing return to, and the two at the bar, we'll be able to advance without gambling. So I think that's what I want to try and do. Maybe try and play the perception and get this clue. Play the automatic. Let the pit boss come to me, maybe. Take a resource, something like that. Let's give it a go, I guess. Diana Snapline. She's a one willpower. Mystic. Weird. Uh, three intellect. Three combat. Three agility. She gets plus one willpower for each card beneath her, which is sort of weird. And as a reaction, after she, uh, after a card she, you own cancels or ignores a game effect or card effect, if there are fewer than five cards beneath Diana Stanley, place that card face down beneath her, draw a card, and gain a resource. Limit once per phase. Elder Sign effect is plus two. Okay, so we could play the automatic, try and get this clue, do something else. Yes. First action, down the automatic goes. Second action, investigate, committing perception, which makes us an intellect five against the shroud of two. Minus two. Clue. And perception draws us... Our second ward of protection. And third action, I think we simply take a resource and hold tight here. In the enemy phase, the pit boss hunts to us, but he's aloof, so it doesn't attack. Upkeep, I draw a flashlight. Not very useful now, but might be useful later. And we go up to three resources. Our first doom of this new campaign and our encounter card is Hunted Down. If there are no unengaged criminal enemies in play, Hunted Down gains surge. Well, there are. If there are one or more unengaged criminal enemies in play, each of them moves one location towards you. Each criminal enemy that engages you as a result of this effect makes an immediate attack. Well, there's one or more unengaged enemy in play. It doesn't move anywhere and it doesn't hit me, but that means this also doesn't gain surge. So kind of ideal. And that's that's it. I mean, I could cancel that, but why take a horror for doing that? I don't think it's worth it. Let's head on deeper into this club. The lounge, comfortable leather couches, mahogany furniture, and an array of beautiful art greets gamblers, tempting them into the life of the would-be affluent. It's four shroud and no clues, and it says forced after the lounge is revealed, put the set-aside stage into play. It, it does actually say Clover Club Lounge and Clover Club Stage, but I'm abbreviating. And while it's Act 1, the lounge gains action. Look at the top card of your deck. If it's an ally asset, you may put it into play. Otherwise, draw it. Limit once per round. 
So in other words, it sort of reads, draw a card, but if it's an ally, play it. It's connected back to La Bella Luna, to the card room, to the bar, and also to the stage. The stage reads that it's connected to the bar as well as to the lounge. So we've got a little sort of triangle down here in this bottom portion of the map. And that's where I'm going to head. The mesmerizing melody of a torch singer and her band grows louder as you approach the stage near the club's lounge. Mobsters and business types chatter quietly over the music, wheeling and dealing the night away. It's only one shroud, but no clues. It's connected to the bar as well as the lounge. And while it's Act 1, it gains action, spend a resource, place that resource on Clover Club stage, free trigger, if there's one per investigator resources on Clover Club stage, gain one per investigator clues from the token pool, group limit once per game. So for my last action, I spend a resource, putting it on the stage, and then I use the free trigger to gain a clue. That's mine. Enemy phase, the pit boss hunts back to the lounge. He's on my trail. Upkeep, a deny existence, and a resource. I'm at three, and we hit two doom. My encounter card is raise the stakes. Revelation, you must choose one. Remember that you've cheated. Lose five resources, or put raise the stakes into play in your threat area. It gains each criminal enemy at your location loses aloof. If it's act two or three, each criminal enemy engaged with you gets plus one fight and plus one evade. This is crying out for a cancel. I've got two wards of protection. I've also got this deny existence. So I could just choose to lose five resources and then deny losing them. Let's do that. We'll save the wards for cancelling nastier cards because we can get around the, the resources here. So Deny goes underneath me, costs me zero to play. I've just cancelled the card, so I go up to Willpower 2, I draw a card, it's Terrible Secret, and I get a resource. Terrible Secret is Diana's weakness, good that we see it here. Revelation, if there are no cards beneath Diana Stanley, shuffle Terrible Secret back into your deck. Otherwise, for each card beneath Diana Stanley, you must either discard that card or take one horror, cannot be cancelled. Well, I'm going to take the one horror and that means terrible secret is dealt with. Okay, that was a, a bit of a thinker for a mythos phase. So I can walk into the bar here. I could drink, which would get me two more cards. And I'd have a single action left and enough to play a flashlight if I wanted to. We will need the flashlight later on. Or if I draw something else that I want to play, maybe I think about playing that. Okay, let's just give it a go. The shelves behind the bar sag beneath the weight of all manner of bootleg drinks. Cheap ales, moonshine, expensive bottles of wine, aged whiskey. If only you had a couple of hours to kill. It's three shroud and a cl uh, no clues. And while it's act one, the bar gains action, spend two resources, gain two clues from the token pool and draw two cards. Remember that you have had a drink. So I'll do that for my second action. Two resources. My cards are a defiance and Alyssa Graham, and I hit four clues, so I need to spend them in advance. High Roller. Hey, that's an Arkham card. After speaking to a number of gamblers and servers, it seems as though Dr. Morgan has had quite the run lately. Instead of cashing out his winnings, he was convinced to double down. He was last seen entering the guarded hall near the back of the card room. Put the set-aside darkened hall into play. If it's Agenda 1, discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until a criminal enemy is discarded 
and spawn that enemy in the darkened hall. Twist of fate. Something in the drinks. Rats. Caught cheating. Cursed luck. Caught cheating. And an Obanian's thug. Four fight, two health, two evade. While Obanian Stug is engaged with you, you cannot gain resources. Are we going to have a problem here? And it hits for two damage. Okay, we advance to Act 2A, Skin Game. Dr. Morgan is somewhere in the private section of the club, where only VIPs and the club's managers are allowed. If you're to find him, you're going to have to sneak or even fight the way in. We have an objective. Only investigators in the VIP area may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. And that's two clues. This is definitely prime thinking time. We're only on two doom at the moment. So if we stay put here for our last action, the pit boss will hunt to us here in the bar. And next turn, we could move to the card room, to the darkened hall, and straight into a back hall doorway. So we could essentially run past them. We'd be discarding a card unless we were to play a card like the flashlight. The alternative is we move to the card room, last action, then we're definitely discarding a card. The pit boss would then be on us in the card room, but we could skip past the O'Banion's thug and into a back hall doorway because we've sort of gone so quickly that we're about to end up in a bit of a, a tricky spot. I'm tempted to get the flashlight down now so that we don't lose cards because I kind of like what we have in hand and so that we separate the pit boss and the O'Banion's thug a little bit. So yeah, so, so that's I think what I do. Play the flashlight for two, meaning I'm broke. And that's the end of my turn. Move, drink, move. The pit boss hunts to the bar. The thug stays put in the darkened hall. Upkeep, I draw scene of the crime. I can't afford that at the moment, but maybe the combat icon is useful. And I go to one resource. And we hit three doom. My encounter card is cursed luck. Revelation, put it into play in your threat area. You get minus one skill value during skill tests. Forced, after you succeeded a skill test by one or more, discard Cursed Luck. Well, this time I'm probably just running into a backhaul doorway. So do I actually just cancel this now? I take the horror, but then I don't have to worry about finding a test. The reason I'm, I'm pausing about it is, fighting with the 45 automatic, I'm only a four combat. So until I find some boosts... Shooting the O'Banion Stug or the Clover Club Pit Boss is a little tricky. So, yeah, I think I go for the cancel. I've seen Terrible Secret. So I spend one and play Ward of Protection, take a second horror, cancel this card, and that gets me the resource back and I go up to three willpower and draw Take the Initiative. Wow. That's interesting. Classic. Okay, back round to us. First action, definitely move into the card room. As you approach the card room, the clinking of poker chips and the shuffling of cards is punctuated by shouts of revelry and frustration. Your thoughts are nearly drowned out by the racket. It's three shroud, no clues. It has an action about gambling, but we're going to skip it. Second action, I'll move into the darkened hall. A heavy oak door stands in a secluded corner of the club. As you approach it, the air grows heavy and the clamour of the card room fades behind you. It's four shroud, no clues. Forced when darkened hall is revealed, put into play the three set aside back hall doorway locations. The door slams shut behind you. You stand in sudden silence. This area of the club is lonesome and devoid of warmth and colour. Somehow the spotless floor and walls seem more sinister than inviting. Now here I have a choice. This game is all about choices. 
the the reason I'm pausing is I could go careening into one of these back hall doorways, and that would set me up nicely for a scene of the crime, potentially, first action, get a clue. Or I could stay put here and take a resource. I could maybe discard a card as a result, but that means when we advance and hit four doom, the thug will be on me and I could shoot it with take the initiative. And then that's problem solved. If I stay put here, what do I discard? My other 45 automatic or maybe Alyssa Graham because I'm so broke. If I go into a backhaul doorway, there's a chance it's one where I don't draw a card or get a resource. Otherwise, next turn I investigate, move back, try and shoot the thug. And I would be probably two up to shoot the thug, thug maybe three up with the pit boss staring down at me. Yeah, I think I'll do it this way. I'll stay put. I'll take a resource. Enemy phase. The pit boss hunts up to the card room. The thug doesn't do anything. We're just eyeing each other in the hallway. I've kind of frozen. An upkeep I draw. A deny existence. And I get a resource. So I'm on nine cards. Let's check out the hand. Assets. Alyssa and the 45. Events. Scene of the crime. Dodge. Deny existence. Dark insight. And ward of protection. And two skills. Take the initiative and defiance. So I think I discard Alyssa here. And we hit four doom. On the right track. Your questioning has drawn the attention of several men, hired thugs by the look of them. Francis doesn't want to be bothered, one of them says. We suggest you leave the premises before we force you to leave. Maybe my best accent ever. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. If the players have completed extracurricular activity... Advance directly to Agenda 2B. If the house always wins is the first scenario in the campaign, advance to Agenda 2A. So we stay put. Agenda 2A, underground muscle. Most of the other patrons seem oblivious to the mobsters and goons closing in around you, but you recognise this for what it really is. You're about to get roughed up. And the Obanian Stug engages me, because they're no longer aloof, and my encounter card is... Cursed luck, again. Is this another cancel? Or do I push my luck here and go four up? I'm not so wild about the horror, I've got to say, if I cancel it with ward. So that would make me, let's just do some maths. I'd be a two, a three on four, four, five, six. I'd be a seven on four. Still looking for a two up to pass. Yeah, I'll leave it. I'll take it. We've got to gamble at some point. Okay, first action. I've got to attack this thug. So I spend an ammo. I'm a two because of cursed luck. A three with the automatic. Four, five, six would take the initiative. Seven with defiance. And I'm going to name skulls. Seven on four. Seems good. Plus one, eight on four. Okay, Defiance doesn't go underneath me because I named it incorrectly, but Cursed Luck goes, the Abanian Stug is killed. That's our first action. Second action, I'll head into doorway number one. It's the back alley, one shroud, one clue. A steep, narrow staircase ascends to a second unmarked door. To your surprise, it leads into a back alley behind La Bella Luna. This must be where they smuggle in their goods. And it is victory one. And last action, I think I spend a flashlight charge and I'm a three on zero trying to get this clue. 
Minus four, zero on zero. Clue. Enemy phase, the pit boss hunts the darkened hall. Upkeep, I draw a premonition. That's useful. And I go up to four resources. We hit one doom on agenda two. My encounter card is raise the stakes again. So I have to choose one. Remember that I've cheated. Lose five resources or put it into play in my threat area and criminal enemies get tougher. I think I lose the five resources and deny that with my second deny existence. I could cancel it, but yeah, I think denying it is the way forwards. And I keep hold of the cancel for things that are worse than that. So deny existence costs me zero. When I say things that are worse than that, there are some encounter cards like Cursed Luck or Twist of Fate. Well, Twist of Fate does damage and horror, but Cursed Luck and some of the ones that are coming up in this scenario where they don't have a lose resources or cards or damage or horror effect. So Deny Existence doesn't help with them, but Water Protection always helps with them. So given that I can use Deny Existence for Raise the Stakes, that's why I'm using it here. The only other reason not to use Deny Existence would be to wait for Terrible Secret, because although you can't cancel Terrible Secret, you can still ignore the horror that you would take from Terrible Secret. But I've already seen Terrible Secret. So yeah, so it takes me up to four willpower. The card I draw is an Enchanted Blade. That's nice. And I got to five resources. I think I move and shoot the Pit Boss twice, but I'm going to play Premonition first and see what my first card is going to be. It's going to be a Skull which is a minus two, and you can spend two resources to treat this token as a zero instead. So, first action, I move into the darkened hall. The pit boss engages me. Second action, I shoot, taking me down to two ammo. I'm a four on three, and I pull this minus two. And I think in this instance, I just spend two, because I'm up to five resources. And that means I can save committing cards. And that does two damage to the pit boss. And last action, I shoot again, four on three, and I will commit hmm, either Scene of the Crime or Enchanted Blade. We've only got one ammo left, so I'll commit Scene of the Crime. I'm two up. Minus two. Nice. Okay. The pit boss recoils from the two shots from my gun and flees back into the club or dies. Your choice, depending on how you play. That's my three, move, shoot, shoot. These turns feel really quick. I think this scenario is quite tight, so just keeping on top of the tempo feels nice. Uh, hand reminder, ward, dark insight, and dodge, and I've got an automatic and an enchanted blade in my hand. My hands are full, a flashlight with two charges and an automatic with one, and my upkeep is another flashlight and up to four resources. We hit two doom. And my encounter card is Hunted Down, which surges because we've killed the criminals, into a twist of fate. I think I just take this on the chin. Reveal a random token from the chaos bag. Minus four. If you reveal any other number, take a damage. So I'll just take one damage. I'm on one damage and two horror. For Steadfast, my stats are 14. So I can take... Uh, my combined health and sanity. So if I take four damage and horror combined, I'm still getting the plus three from Steadfast. And it's after that point that Steadfast becomes a little less good. Okay, back to me. Pretty clear board. We need one clue and we need to find the VIP area. 
So it's a 50-50 chance. I'll head into door number three. <laughs> it's the VIP area. Three shroud and a clue. The coppery smell of blood assaults your senses. The floor is littered with blo- broken glass and the upholstery has been torn to shreds. Where is Dr. Morgan? While you're in the VIP area, you cannot draw cards or gain resources during the upkeep phase. Second action, I'll spend a flashlight charge, which makes me three on one investigating here. Elder sign, plus two, so that's definitely a pass. And I can choose a card beneath Diana Stanley and add it to my hand. Hmm. I've got two denies under there and one ward of protection. And actually, because I know that there's a willpower test coming up, I'm not going to pick a card to replay. It would be nice if I get, as my Mythos card, something that means I can then cancel again and get it back underneath, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to leave it there and keep my willpower up. First action was move, second action investigate. I will spend the two clues and advance. Dr. Morgan's fate. You find Dr. Morgan gambling in one of the VIP rooms, but he appears to be playing cards with two unconscious bodies, his pupils dilated as though in a trance. He can't seem to stop laughing, smiling, and chatting with the other players. Put the set-aside Dr. Morgan into play in the VIP area. Advanced Act 3A, all in. All in. Act 3A, all in. With or without Dr. Morgan, you have to get out of here, fast. We have an objective, which is if each undefeated investigator has resigned, advance. And it says, while Dr. Morgan is not controlled by a player, he gains action, parlay, test willpower three to shake Dr. Morgan out of his days. If you succeed, place a clue on him. And if there's one clue on him, take control of him. Or should we just try four on three here? Or do we want to draw a card? We're not going to get a card in upkeep. I'm tempted to draw a card and see if we can find some icons. Otherwise, we're chucking this dodge. We're also about to advance, though, but the enemy that comes up from advancing will be a bit further away. Yes, last action draw. It is steadfast. Okay, <laughs> while you have five or more total remaining health and sanity, steadfast gains a willpower and a combat icon to two. And while you have ten or more remaining health and sanity, it gains double icons, so it gets three willpower, three combat. I have six health and five sanity left, eleven, so I'm fine. Upkeep, no card, no resource. Mythos. We hit three doom. Sudden chaos. You hear a crash from somewhere outside and screams of pain in the lounge. A terrible monstrosity smashes through the entrance to the club, crushing the stairwell and knocking over gangsters and patrons alike. Spawn a random enemy from the set-aside hideous abominations encounter set in the Clover Club lounge. It is the Servant of the Lurker. Four combat, five health and two evade. It preys on the lowest agility, it hunts, and when it attacks you, you lose the top two cards of your deck, and it hits for two damage and two horror, and is a victory point. Shuffle the rest of the Hideous Abomination set, the set-aside Striking Fear set, which has been replaced, and the Encounter Discard pile into the Encounter deck. Move all Investigators and Unengaged Enemies from La Bella Luna to the Clover Club Lounge. Remove La Bella Luna from the game. Well, we're not resigning out the front anymore. Agenda 3A. Chaos in the Clover Club. Amidst the chaos and confusion, the strange abominations attack everyone in the club. Screams echo through the halls as the blood begins to spray. Forced. At the start of the enemy phase, discard each criminal enemy in the same location as an abomination enemy. Seven Doom. My encounter card is... 
need for knowledge. Revelation, if you have no clues, it gains surge. I don't. So it surges into a mobster who engages me. Hmm. Well, the parlay action won't affect me too poorly here. So why don't I try and parlay and then try and shoot the mobster and maybe do something else? So I'm a four willpower and I'll commit steadfast to be a seven. Minus three. Pass. Dr. Morgan joins us. He gives me plus one combat, and after I defeat an enemy, I exhaust him to draw a card. The mobster is a 2-2-2 with retaliate, and after it attacks, you lose a resource. I'm going to shoot it with the automatic, my last bullet. I'm a 4-5 on two. Zero. Mobster's dead. Tap Dr. Morgan to draw a card. It's take the initiative. And last action, I'll move to the darkened hall. Pause. Thinking moment again. The lurker is going to hunt to the card room, so it's still away from us. We're just a single move and, and a resign to get out of here in the back alley. I don't have delve too deep in this deck. I, I don't normally run it solo, so I wouldn't need to wait for that. I have enough resources to play another weapon, like the Enchanted Blade or the 45 Automatic, and I have a dodge in hand. I'm nearly at the point where if I see a shriveling, you know, my willpower's four at the moment, it could go up to five or six pretty easily and potentially kill the Servant of the Lurker. We've got, uh, we're going to go up to one Doom. So we'll have two, three, four, five, six. We've got five turns left before we need to leave. But I think sitting in the Darkened Hall for now, seeing what upkeep brings us and making a decision after Mythos about, well, have we drawn another enemy? Do we need to flee? Or can we take on the Servant? Is, I think, the way forwards. The other option would be to stay in the VIP area and play another weapon. But if we do that and we draw another enemy and we just need to scarper, we're going to take two hits to get to the back alley. So, yeah, I think I like it this way. Enemy phase, the servant hunts to the card room. Upkeep, we draw our second defiance. And I go up to five resources. We hit one doom. Little hand reminder, defiance and take the initiative. Flashlight, enchanted blade, automatic. Dodge, Dark Insight, Ward of Protection. Nice hand of eight. One Doom, and we draw a Cursed Luck. Well, I could simply chuck that away with a Ward, and then what would this turn be? Play Enchanted Blade, move to the back alley, take a resource, something like that. Even better, I can try and clear the Cursed Luck without cancelling by just moving and trying to investigate the back alley. We're waiting one turn for the Lurker to move here. Or I go on the offence, play the Enchanted Blade, move, hit the Servant, and I can dodge its attack. In which case, I do cancel the Cursed Luck with this Ward of Protection, taking me up to three horror, drawing me a Drawn to the Flame. That's kind of useless now. What a crap card. Yeah, so let's say some of this thinking out loud. My, my hesitation there was I can sort of let the Lurker hunt to me, or I can just wade in on it and try and kill it. I've got enough health and sanity to take some hits. Mm, but then I'm moving further away from the back alley. I think I stay put here and, and set up a bit more. I'm at five willpower. So I'm tempted to draw a card first. If it's shriveling, put that down. Because shriveling, I'll be at six willpower. Nice and steadily next turn. First action draw. It's prepared for the worst. Second action Play the Enchanted Blade, losing my empty 
45 automatic. So this has three charges, gives me plus one combat, and as an additional cost, I can spend a charge to be a plus two combat and deal an extra damage. And I have one action left. I have enough for my cancels. I'm going to just take a resource. Enemy phase, the servant hunts to me and attacks, and I pay one for dodge, taking me up to six willpower and drawing me a scene of the crime. That's going to be useful just for the icons. And when it attacks me, I discard the top two cards of my deck. No, because I've cancelled that attack. Pretty sure that's right. The dodge cancels the attack. Upkeep, I draw a Mists of Rillier, and I go to four resources. I think I chuck the Mists, and that leaves me on eight cards. Yes, yeah, I think so. We hit two Doom. My encounter card is a Swarm of Rats. Well, I think I'm getting bitten this turn. <laughs> okay, let's start wailing on the Servant of the Lurker. I'm four combat with Morgan. Using a, a charge from the Enchanted Blade takes me to six on four. And I'll commit Prepared for the Worst and Scene of the Crime to be eight on four. Cultist, minus three. If you succeed, gain three resources. Thank you very much. I'll attack it again. Six on four. And this time commit Take the Initiative for plus two. Eight on four. Zero. Two more damage. And I'll tack it again. I'll use my last enchanted blade charge. And I'll commit defiance and say skull. So that makes me a three, four, five, six, seven on four. Minus four. Fail. Uh-oh. Well, there was nothing else I could have boosted with there. Enemy phase, I get hit for one by the rats, and I get hit for two and two by our friend the Servant of the Lurker. I'm at four damage and five horror, and that discards a dodge and a delay the inevitable. In upkeep, I draw an emergency cash, go up to eight resources, and we hit three doom. Our encounter card is arousing suspicions, revelation, Place one Doom on each criminal at your location. If no Doom was placed, lose two resources. With pleasure. Hmm. So now I'm just a cool five on four trying to hit this uh, Servant of the Lurker. So I think what I do is I try and hit the rats first. With the Enchanted Blade, it has no charges, but I'm still a five on one. Minus two. Dead rats. So I'll tap Francis Morgan, which draws me into a dark prophecy. Now that could be the way we do this, because I'm a five on four hitting. And if I can draw either skull, I can spend my two resources to make them zeros. So let's do it. Second action, try and hit the servant. Five on four and play dark prophecy. I draw a skull. A minus four. Tentacle, a skull, and a minus three. I will choose the skull, <laughs> and I'll spend two to pass, because I can take it from being a minus two to a zero. Dark Prophecy for the win! That kills the servant. And last action, I'll move to the back alley. Upkeep, I draw a second emergency cash. Who shuffled this deck? We hit four doom, 
And my encounter card is Cursed Luck, which I'll leave there and I'll resign. Phew! Well, I thought it was all fine until the Seventh of the Lurker decided to knock me around the face a couple of times. And then I started to feel very cautious. Really nice Dark Prophecy there to be able to fish for essentially a minus one or a zero. Obviously, it can completely backfire that you can draw a tentacle zeros and minus ones and you you fail. But we, we hit the skull there, so that was all right. And I felt very in control throughout that. Seeing the perception early, so I got that first clue, meant that I felt like the flow was was very straightforward there. I was up at six willpower by the end. And yeah, the shrivelings were both in the bottom four cards of my deck. So <laughs> that, that just goes to show, you know, you can't, can't gamble on seeing that. XP, we've got two victory point locations and two enemies. Pretty decent. Okay, I'm going to upgrade my deck and tune in shortly for another scenario. Bye. Hello, I'm back. We're doing this again. I suddenly had this fear that I've made a load of mistakes in the last scenario. And if I have, apologies. Sometimes you forget things when you're recording. And also, I realise there's this weird risk now, having played Dunwich a lot of times, that I feel like I know the scenarios quite well. So it's quite easy to go on an autopilot and just cruise through them. So if I have missed something glaringly obvious, just let me know. And if it's something I can remedy, I will, or maybe I tax myself the next scenario. And same here, I've just checked the setup um, instructions twice just to make sure I'm not doing anything loony. Okay, but Armitage didn't just want us to go and find Morgan. He also suggested that his colleague at Miskatonic University, Warren Rice, was missing, and he suggested that we go and look there. Because we're playing Return to Extracurricular Activity, that is... Oh, wow, I've just seen a typo as well. This scenario is Extracurricular Activity, but it says Return to Extracurricular Activities, on the return to card. Whoops. So because we're playing return to, there's no one library, but there is the Warren Observatory in its place. And because we're playing it second, there's an enthralled security guard at the administration building. This is a two fight, three health, four evade humanoid abomination with hunter and retaliate. It only hits for a damage, but it says after enthralled security guard attacks, you discard the top two cards of your deck. And it has a second forced effect uh, that when it's evaded, it's defeated. Worth noting. I don't think I'm going to pass an Agility 4 check. But, you know, stranger things have happened. I start with Dark Insight in my opening hand. Let's see what my other five cards are. Premonition, Dodge, Steadfast, Alyssa Graham, and Scene of the Crime. Well, Alyssa and Scene is great for early clues. The other three are probably worth chucking to look for a weapon. Potentially, I chuck Scene of the Crime as well and rely on Alyssa's boost to my intellect to get me moving places. Mm, but no, I, th I think I keep Scene of the Crime. I know there are a couple of two-clue locations. So I redraw three, a flashlight, a shriveling, and an emergency cache. Curious. Okay, nothing to really help with the enthralled security guard early on. So I'll have a couple of turns grace when I can run away from it. Potentially I could have kept the dodge as a way of soaking a hit and building up my willpower a bit. But we'll see how we get on. If I have to tangle with it, so be it. 
a start play at the Miskatonic Quad. A too early winter has stripped the trees bare, their dead branches whistle as a sharp cold wind cuts across the empty quad. It's three shroud no clues, it has a resign action. It says, surrounded by fences and gates of wrought iron, you can't help but feel as much a prisoner here as a guest. But I should read our agenda and our act before we go further. Agenda 1A, Quiet Halls. You've arrived at the Miskatonic University campus in search of Professor Warren Rice. Classes are over, and a mysterious silence hangs in the air over the quad. Seven Doom. Act 1A, After Hours. Professor Rice was last seen several hours ago by one of Armitage's students in the Humanities Building. Three clues. I've got a bunch of cards I want to play in my hand. Graham, the flashlight, shriveling, the cash... I think Alyssa Graham goes down first and we take a look at what we're seeing off the encounter deck this turn. So I get plus one intellect with Alyssa Graham and as a free trigger you can exhaust her to look at the top card of either the encounter deck or any player deck. You may then add one doom to Alyssa to place the looked at card on the bottom of its deck. Tap Alyssa. The top card of the encounter deck is a thrall which spawns at the location with the most clues. Hmm... If I go careening into a location with clues, I will end up with the thrall on me. But I could scene of the crime and get those clues. The follow-up is, how do I then get off the thrall? Punching, slowly but surely. Three on twos. Or I don't move and I take a hit from the enthralled security guard and the thrall I can just place anywhere. Like in the science building because nowhere has any clues, so they're all tied. If I were to do that, I would play Emergency Cash and play Shriveling and hope to draw something else in upkeep. Bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Two enemies with them both following is kind of nasty. I mean, I can kill the enthralled security guard just by punching. So other option would be to draw a card second action and maybe play cash third action. And if it means taking an attack of opportunity from an enthralled security guard to get down a weapon, that's no bad thing. So yeah, I'll play... No, I'll draw second action then. It's a perception, not going to help me. And I'll play this emergency cash for three resources. Enemy phase, the enthralled security guard hunts to me, hits me for a damage, and discards the top two cards of my deck. Premonition and premonition. Wow. Upkeep. I draw a dodge, just a little too late, and I get up to five resources. Elisa readies. We get a doom, and my encounter card is, shockingly, a thrall. I'll place it in the science building, because we're tied. It doesn't have hunter, so that keeps us safe. Right, with Elisa, I'll tap Elisa and look at the top card of the encounter deck. It's a whippoorwill. Wow, they're just piling the enemies on us. So I really need to try and kill the thrall this turn. Skulls are minus one if you fail to discard the top three cards of your deck, and Cultist is also minus one or minus three if there are three or more cards in your discard pile. So how about I just punch, and I'm two, I'm one up, and I just go punch, punch, punch three times. Not great, is it? The alternative is I could play Shriveling and Dodge, and that would take me up to Willpower 2, but then I've got nothing to commit. I think we go the slow fist, fisticuffs route. Three on two, punching. Skull, that's a minus one and a damage. Three on two, punching. 
minus two. That is a miss, and I'll play this dodge for one, which draws me a card. It's a take the initiative, and it gets me a resource. And that means I don't lose two cards off my deck. And punch again, and I'm just going to get mauled, aren't I? I've got so much clue tech, I'm tempted to commit this scene of the crime to make me two up. Minus four. Wowzeroo. Another damage. Lose two cards from my deck. Steadfast and a mists. In the enemy phase, I take another damage. I'm up to three, and I lose a ward of protection and a dodge. Whew. Upkeep, I draw another ward. I go to six resources. Place a doom, and my encounter card is a whippoorwills, which is aloof here, two, one, four, but I get minus one to all my stats. It's not worth panicking yet, but we're in something of a pickle in how much we're getting caned here. Wait a second. When I draw the Whippoorwill, I can use Dark Insight fast when an investigator at your location draws an encounter card. It doesn't have to be uh, a treachery. So I'll pay two, cancel that, which takes me up to three willpower, and shuffle the Whippoorwill back in. I think that's definitely worth it, given the situation we're in. And that draws me into a Deny Existence... And I go up to three willpower now. Now the shriveling is starting to look reasonable. Wow, in fact... Okay, okay, something is happening here, guys. There's a situation developing that could be super useful. Let's see if I can make this work. So, I did that cancel. That took me up to three willpower. If I play shriveling, I take a hit from the enthralled security guard, which I can... Uh, cancel the damage from with Deny Existence, taking me up to four willpower, and I'm then set up to one-shot shrivel this guy. But first, let's see what we're getting next from Alyssa. It's an eager for death. Test willpower to increase its difficulty by one for each damage on you, and if you fail, take a horror. Well, I can cancel that with Ward as well. Okay, yeah, I think we make this happen. So I play shriveling. This guy hits me for a damage, but I deny that. I still lose the top cards of my deck, it's Morgan and a flashlight, but I get a resource and I get a card. It's the Enchanted Blade. Shriveling has four charges on it. There are now three cards underneath me, so I'm willpower four. Second action, I shrivel, and I'll commit take the initiative. I've spent one action, so it's only a plus two. I'm a six on two. Zero dead, enthralled security guard. And I have one action left. I've got to go hunting for clues or playing a flashlight. I think I play a flashlight now and next turn I'm going to move down into humanities building and start cluing. So I spend two and get this flashlight down. Pulling out of this trickier situation, I think, I hope. Upkeep. I draw hypochondria, which is my basic weakness. We didn't see it last game. After I take one or more damage, I take a direct horror. Mythos, we hit three doom. And I draw eager for death, which I cancel with ward of protection. Costs me one, gets me one back. I take a horror so that doesn't trigger hypochondria. And I draw a second enchanted blade. Let's peek. Alyssa tells us we're seeing Beyond the Veil next. And I have 
No cancellation. That's alright, because I do have Delay the Inevitable somewhere in this deck. And if we can just stop the mad milling, we should be alright. First action, I move into the Humanities building. It's three Shroud and two Clues. It says, Forced at the end of your turn, if you're here, discard the top X cards of your deck where X is the amount of horror on you. Well, I forgot that ability. I'm on one horror. Oh, I could have put the horror on Alyssa. Even better. The power is out, plunging the building's halls into heavy darkness. There's no sign of Professor Rice. Second action, Investigate. That becomes a Shroud 1, and I have Alyssa, so I'm a 4 on 1. Zero. Clue. Third action, Investigate with Flashlight. 4 on 1. Minus 1. Clue. At the end of my turn, I'm here, but I have no horror on me, so that's okay. Upkeep, I draw a cash, go up to six resources. Mythos, we hit four doom, and I get a Beyond the Veil, which surges into Wizard of Yogg-Sothoth. Preys on the least cards in hand. It's a hunter, and it says that when an engaged investigator draws a hex or pact card, Wizard of Yogg-Sothoth attacks that investigator. Well... We're fighting the wizard, I think. Let's peek what's coming next with Alyssa. It's Haunting Recollections. Um, and it's going to ping me at least for a horror because of a cache. Which isn't going to be damage, so that's okay. Hmm. Not much else I can do apart from try and shrivel this guy. I've got four cards underneath me, so I'm willpower five. Skulls are only minus one. I've got no willpower icons in hand. Doesn't have Retaliate, so we're just going to have to get lucky. First action, Shrivel. Five on four. Minus three. Second action, Shrivel. Zero. Last Shriveling charge. Five on four, come on! Minus two, you bastards. Okay, enemy phase hits for a damage and three horror because of hypochondria. So I'm on four damage and three horror, but I'll only take two of that horror and I'll put one on Alyssa. No horror at the end of my turn, fortunately, so that's okay. Upkeep, I draw a 45 automatic upgraded version and I go up another resource. Blech. Hmm. Mythos, we hit five doom. And my encounter card is Haunting Recollections. Revelation for each card in your hand. If there's a copy of that card in your discard pile, take one horror to a maximum of three horror. So in my hand, I have two enchanted blades, an emergency cash, a perception, and a 45 automatic. And of those cards, the only one I have in my discard pile is an emergency cash. So I take one horror taking me to three. I'm on four damage and three horror, with another two horror on Alyssa. That is a hex card, so the Wizard of Yogg-Sothoth attacks me. I'll put a damage and a horror on Alyssa, meaning I take a further two horror on me. I'm at four, five now. And I think that means I can't even play a weapon because the wizard would hit me. I could discard Enchanted Blade times 2 and Automatic to be 
three, four, five, six on four to do one damage and kill the wizard. I mean, I'd be in a weird situation then, an empty shriveling, a one-charge flashlight, and just the cash and a perception in hand. Or I could gamble, chuck two enchanted blades and keep the automatic and play it. Let's gamble. I mean, I feel like we're about to die anyway. So let's give it a go. One up. Minus two. What's the right play in this situation? Throw the entire kitchen sink at it to essentially put yourself in such a hole that you're not coming out of it. Or to just... I mean, if I pull, say, an Elder Sign now, I pass. Second action, attack. Zero. Miss. If I'd committed the automatic either of those tests, I would have passed. And I feel like if I commit it now, I will definitely pull a minus four or a tentacle. So I have to just trust that I can pull an elder sign. Come on. Minus three. And I discard the top five cards of my deck now, prepared for the worst, drawn to the flame, delay the inevitable, automatic shriveling. And in the enemy phase, I take a damage, which gives me a horror, taking me to six horror and another two horror. And I'm defeated. Well, all she wrote. I mean, in a way, I, I, I'm a bit gutted, but I don't really care because one trauma is fine. I've got Nature's Tortoise that trauma's all right. This was an example. These two as a pair, I think, are a really good example of a deck going well and a deck going badly. Probably there's some piloting that I could have done differently. But it, it wasn't like I had a weapon to play that I was refusing to play early on. I, I didn't want to play Shriveling because I had no willpower for it. And I then drew into weapons but was already mobbed. So, so yeah, you know, that's not, it's not necessarily my fault there, I think. I also saw a couple of times where, like, a dodge gets milled and then the next card I draw isn't going to help me. Dodge would have been really useful early on there. Um, yeah, steady... Steady enemies, basically. Maybe cancelling the thrall with Dark Insight would have been a nice cheeky play early on. Um, that's my fault for not reading Dark Insight carefully enough that I can actually cancel, cancel an encounter card. It doesn't have to be a treachery. But, yeah, I'll read the resolution. I can't actually remember what happens when you're defeated here. I think I get 1 XP, maybe? I don't think I saved the students, so maybe I get a, a token in the bag as well. But the, the game is about exploring all of these avenues. It's not about being perfect, is it? So I'll take that one, I guess. If there's something you thought that I should have done or that was a that was a, like a crying out open goal that I missed, just let me know, obviously. You can reach us at drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter as well. We've also got our own Discord for patrons, which is a really good place to talk about the game in a kind of supportive atmosphere shout out to all the people who've worked hard at making that really nice and i'm also on twitter myself as fb that's eph underscore bee and i'm around the place as zooey glass or zozo hope you enjoyed this episode thanks very much for listening bye as an objective when the investigators have collected the
and as an objective when the investigators have collected wow and as an objective when the investigators have collected the requisite number of clues they must immediately spend them in advance and as an objective when the investigators have collected 